the generation after them. So, um, what began after that time and who was responsible? Verse 11. I can't hear you, so you need to speak up louder. Can you uh, go to Judges 2.11? I'll speak up louder. And the people of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. Um, Dwight, can you do verse 12? And they forsook the Lord, uh, the God of their fathers, who had brought them out of the land of Egypt and followed other gods from among the gods of the people who were around them and bowed themselves down to them. Thus, they provoked the Lord to anger. Stand 13. So they forsook the Lord and served Baal and Ashtorah. Hmm. I wonder who that is. Linda, can you do 14? And the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel, so they delivered them into the hands of the plunderers who despoiled them, and he sold them into the hands of the enemy all around so that they no longer stand before their enemies. Fifteen. Wherever they went, the hand of the Lord was against them for evil, as the Lord had spoken, and as the Lord had sworn to them, so that they were in distress. Sixteen. Then the Lord raised up judges who delivered them from the hands of those who plundered them. Plundered them. Next. Yet they did not listen to their judges, for they whored other gods and bowed down to them. They soon turned aside from the way in which their fathers had walked, who had obeyed the commandments of the Lord, and they did not do so. Um, Josh 18. And raised them up, judges, and the Lord was with the judge, and delivered them out of the hand of their enemies all the days of the judge. For it repented the Lord after their groanings by reason of them that oppressed them and vexed them. So was this God's fault? Is their own personal choice. He was keeping his promise. Yes, he was. He promises the blessings and well, this is before the law, yes. So, but he kind of treated it similarly. <laughs> but um, Let's go to Romans 3, 9. <coughs> uh, Jennifer, can you do 9? As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth, and there is none who seeketh after God. 
They all turn aside. They have together become unprofitable. There is none who does good. No, not one. Their throat is an open tomb. With their tongues they have practiced deceit. The poison of a snake is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are their ways. And the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. So, um, so, how does Romans 3 9 describe these people? Not positively. No one's good. And what's even makes it worse, there's no fear of God before their eyes. Even if they believe there's no good in them, but. With no fear of God, they're even worse. I'm guessing that the, the way this question is going, it's kind of implying that people ask that question that, hey, we don't deserve anything bad because we're naturally good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And God's naturally good. If he is good, then why do bad things happen to me who is good? Yeah. But It's kind of flipping the assumptions, right? Yeah. Who is responsible for the misery and violence? Man. Yeah, man. So, uh, what will God do in the future? Let's go to Revelation 21. 1 through 4. Can you read verse 1? Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I, you can keep going if you want. And I saw the only city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Mom, verse 3. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men, and he will dwell among them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be among them. Verse 4, Holly. <coughs> and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, no sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. So this is a promise that he's going to get rid of death, sorrow, crying so this is because he's he's a good god but what did he uh he's burned everything up at this point hasn't he because he doesn't replace it till he burns up what is here interesting little um Well, talking, when you're talking about suffering, let's look at Jesus Christ when he was on earth. And um, I got some verses here that's not on here. Let's go to, uh, where is it? John 4, 46. Uh, 
Jim, verse 47. When this man heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went to him and asked him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Sue, verse 48. So Jesus said to him, As you people see signs and wonders, you simply will not believe. Uh, verse 49. But, I don't know. Oh. John 4. 49. 49. Sorry. Josh, verse 50. Jesus says unto him, Go thy way, thy son lives. And the man believed the word that Jesus had spoken unto him, and he went his way. F 51, Jim. And as he was now going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, Your son lives. Verse 52, Dwight. So he inquired of them the hour when he began to get better. And they said to him yesterday at the seventh hour the fever left him. Verse 53, Stan. So the father knew that it was at that hour in which Jesus said to him, your son lives, and he himself believed in the whole household. <coughs> Linda, 54. This again is the second sign that Jesus did when he had come out of Judea into Galilee. So, who is this guy? Capernaum? Where's that at? Is that in Israel? It's a town of Israel. Israel. From the okay. This is one of many uh, healings, signs showing that he is God. And he asked and he just made it happen. God has the ability. It's God's will at the time. At this moment, he's proving that he is God. All these signs in John are saying, I am God. And he does this thing. But this guy, he, was not, he just believed that he could do it. But when he realized how quickly they said that he believed that must have believed, he said they believed it must be that he was God because that's what was necessary for salvation for the Jews. So, let's uh, look at John. And he was a Gentile. Was this guy? Yeah. He's a Gentile, so that makes it even more... <coughs> he wasn't even offering <coughs> to Gentiles. That even makes it... Oh! He cares, you know. He'd offer salvation according to Ephesians. He didn't offer it to Gentiles, yet this one got saved. Puts it in a different light. But he's very kind. Very kind. Mm -hmm. 
Um, let's go to John 5, 4. John 5, 4. And if you could read. Um, 